0: Aren't you glad he's looking for you? (laughs) Hallelujah. Some of you weren't looking for him, but he was looking for you, and he stayed on you until you started looking for him. I'm glad he found me. Amen. What a great atmosphere. So glad to have Brother Edwards back. I believe God is with us today. I am expecting something wonderful. I'm just asking you, this is the most important part of the whole time we're here. Open your heart to the Word of God. More can happen in the next 20 to 30 minutes than have happened up till this point. In Jesus' name. Praise the Lord, everybody. Thank you, Pastor Hughes. It's so great to be with you again this morning. And I know that it's been an exciting week for you. As well as for us, uh, I felt like last weekend, uh, I was, uh, I should, should have been, supposed to have been in Arkansas preaching a church dedication, but the flu bug and all of that hit me. And so I was just laying there thinking, I wonder what greater life is doing this morning. <laughs> now, that's pretty bad when you get thinking about uh, church when I walked in and I looked at this sign the year of opportunity what a great uh, momentum that we've already had through the month of January and we're already uh, into February, my word so I don't know what the Lord has but we're willing to just wait and wait upon the Lord I've been praying diligently uh, this week about uh, the service today and i really feel like that the lord's got something and i felt like in the worship service that we something was just getting ready to break loose and i kept thinking it's just going to it's just going to keep going and the momentum is just going to keep going and somebody's just going to throw up their hands and receive the holy ghost and there's still time to do that I'm a firm believer that uh, the Lord can do more in just a few minutes than I can do if I had the next several hours. I've lived my life that way. When I pastored, I pastored that way. And I felt that this morning. So I'm I'm just uh, very, very optimistic about uh, what God's going to do for somebody uh, in this service today. What a great crowd. My word. Tremendous crowd, almost an overflow crowd today. And let me say along with your pastor and uh, the staff of this church. Man, you're, you're just rubbing shoulders this morning with some of the greatest Christians on earth. Uh, people that have come through the fire and the storm and people that love God. Uh, people that have been blessed of the Lord. People that... Uh, That I know just every day get up with that, uh, uh, optimism that today is going to be a day. And not only that, but it could be the day that the Lord comes. We, we, we don't want to forget that part that this could be the day the Lord comes. Amen. Open your Bible today to the book of first Kings. Amen. First Kings chapter 19. Let me read just a few verses of scripture beginning at verse number six, first Kings chapter 19 and verse six. And he looked and behold, there was a cake bacon on the coals and a cruise of water at his head. And he did eat and drink and laid him down again. The angel of the Lord came again the second time and touched him and said, arise and eat. Because the journey is too great for thee. He arose and did eat and drink. And went in the strength of that meat. Forty days and forty nights unto Hebron the mount of God. Pray with me. Father we love you. Thank you today for your goodness and your blessings to us. And Just let the word of the Lord penetrate into our spirit. In our heart, in Jesus' name, everybody said amen. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. Let me talk to you this morning about the journey. The journey from earth to glory is quite a journey. If you've ever been in this great state of Texas and tried to cross it in one day, you got up early and you stayed up late because from north to south is over 900 miles. From east to west, when you cross from Louisiana on interstate 10 and you're going west, there's a sign that says El Paso, 855 miles. What a state. In the state of Texas, there's oil. The state of Texas, there's mountains. The state of Texas, there's plains. The state of Texas, we have some of the most beautiful coastline that, that you would ever see. The state of Texas, in East Texas, we have the towering tall pine trees that seemingly touch the throne of God. And just drive just a little way to Central Texas and there uh, this coming spring, You will witness a remarkable change as the grass returns green and uh, the blue bonnets start coming out and the wildflowers. People come from all over the United States to witness uh, this phenomenal event. They have the wildflower trail. We followed it many times and traveled it many times. And seemingly, we never get tired of that. I went out just not long ago, and uh, it was dead of winter, even though everything looked dead and the grass looked dead and just a few green uh, trees here and there. There was still something a little majestic about the beautiful hill country. And if you journey through Texas, and I've often thought about just doing the outline of Texas and just enjoying all of that, There's so many things that you can enjoy in Texas. And you can always tell a Texan, you just can't tell him much. (laughs) I wasn't born in Texas. I was born in Mississippi. But I got here as quick as I could. I used to stand on the corner of our little old town. And uh I would see cars come through town uh and and on their license plate it said Texas. Well I'd stop and look at that and I'd say, One day I'm going to Texas. Little did I know that I would live in Texas, that I would pastor two churches in Texas, that I would marry uh, a lady that was born in Texas. My son was born in Texarkana, Texas. One of my grandchildren was born in Kingwood, Texas. So suddenly the journey got a little bit closer. we think about a journey, I suppose one of the greatest journeys that you could ever follow and travel would be the journey that the Israelites took when they left the land of Egypt and uh, followed a cloud by day and followed the pillar of fire by night until they would come to a place that was called Canaan. Canaan. What a journey. What a journey when they left out of Egypt and God miraculously did not let their clothes wear out nor their shoes were out. God miraculously provided that uh, for them and for the journey that they would have the right provisions that was given to them. And they got up every day and they just kept walking and walking and walking. But the hindrances of getting out of uh, Egypt into Canaan land to you and I would have been uh, almost impossible. But yet when they come to the Red Sea, God said, this is not the end of the journey. And so he parted the water. When they got across on the other side, they watched the Egyptians as they drowned in the sea. And the waves come crashing in. And they started singing and praising and worshiping God. And then just in a few days, they realized the journey wasn't over. And again, they begin to murmur and complain. Moses, have you brought us into the wilderness that we could die? We could die. What a journey. A journey for you and I would be, uh, really going and just getting out of state and, and, and doing some of those things. But let me tell you what the journey was for the Israelites. It was a journey that they knew that they had to trust one man, and that man was Moses. Moses led them from one particular place to another. Did you know that from Egypt in the Canaan land was barely 300 miles, stretched out in a straight line? Do you realize that traveling out of Egypt, there could have been as many as 3 million people, maybe more, And if that was true, they could stretch a line, a single line. And the last one could have been just crossing out of Egypt. And the first one in the line, Moses, could have been walking into the promised land. But yet the journey became great for them. And you know the story. The spies went across. Uh, They saw everything just like God said it was going to be a land flowing with milk and honey. They saw uh, the, the luscious fruit and the grapes and the house that they didn't have to build and the wells they didn't have to dig. And they looked at all of that and then they saw something else. Giants. Giants. What a journey. They came back and said, we saw what God promised. Isn't that amazing. We saw what God promised, but we also saw something else. We saw on this journey of from earth to glory, we saw sickness, cancer, job loss, bankruptcy, divorce, mm-hmm. children that has left home and in, in many perils of difficulties. We saw stress on families. We have saw natural disasters. We've watched God uh, do miraculous things, but we have often wondered why didn't God do all things? I don't know the answer to that. I don't know why God allowed one more time a flood to come and destroy your beautiful auditorium. I don't know why. My wife, when we were flooding... Uh, I was scurrying around trying to do things and she put on, uh, a pair of my boots that almost came up to her thigh and, and she marched around our house in the water, slushing in the water. I rebuke this storm. I rebuke this water. It's not going to get in my home. I, I bind it. I rebuke it, but yet it did. It did. Sometimes this journey is, is, is filled with a lot of things in our mind that we want to say, God, why did that happen? Why did that happen? But you know, everything that God promised is not going to be roses. It's just roses all along the way. He didn't promise you would never get sick. He just said, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. He didn't promise that... You were just going to have a life of luxury and ease. He just said, take my hand and follow me. Yeah. He didn't promise us a lot of things that, that you and I thought that he did. He just said, I've got it waiting on you. And when they saw it, they said, we also saw the giants. And when they came back, the ten spies said, you know, we can't go right now because... There's giants of the land. Joshua and Caleb said, If we go at once, we can take the land. But yet listening to the majority all of a sudden turned a forty day journey into a forty year journey. Long journey. Long journey. When they said we cannot take what God promised us, suddenly God said. I'm going to take every day that you saw the promise of God and I'm going to turn that day into a year when I looked at this opportunity this morning I thought what a great opportunity but if you think that you're just going to sail through and you're not going to have another battle I'm not trying to be negative this morning pastor I'm just telling you he said I'll go with you but there's giants in the land I'm going to take you through, but there's giants in the land. This journey, this journey, this journey. After the greatest victory that uh, Elijah saw, uh, we've all preached it. Mount Carmel, fill up the trenches with water, offer up the sacrifice. The prophets of Baal, uh, they they did their little chants and and, and nothing happened. And Elijah said, fill the trenches with water. And he prayed a little simple prayer and fire came out of heaven. And licked up the sacrifice and evaporated all of the water. What a great victory. That day 400 prophets of Baal were defeated. And then (laughs) Jezebel got in the way. And she said, I'm, I'm going to send the prophet a little message. You go tell him tomorrow about this time. He's going to be just like one of the prophets of Baal. That's dead. That's what he's going to be. And after following God through all of that, fear gripped his spirit. Fear gripped his soul and he ran and he does like a lot of us do, went to sleep, got weary of the journey, got tired of the fight. He got tired of things and, 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 and he just said, I'll just lay down. And you know what he said? I pray God will just take me in my sleep. It don't happen that way very often, but watch this. The angel of the Lord came down, gently touched him. How many has ever been gently touched by? the presence and the angel of the Lord gently touched him said, Elijah, wake up. And when he woke up, he didn't see anybody, but wow, there was a cake on the coals. And there was a cruise of water. Who brought that? I'm on a journey. He could have sent a magic carpet, but he didn't. He could have... Well, you know, God can do that. Later on, you'll find he sit down a chair at a fire and picked up Elijah. So God could have done that, but he didn't. He just touched him and he said, wake up. Wake up. And he said, wow, look what the Lord has given me. An old car that won't hardly run, but amazed the church. Wow, look what the Lord has given to me. A pair of shoes. Wow. Look what the Lord has given to me. The devil tried to kill me, but he didn't. Look what the Lord has given to me. Oh, I I want to tell you something. If you start being thankful, you better start at the bottom. And start being thankful for the small things. And start being thankful for how God made a way. And the provision that God has given to you. Whoo! Brother, when you start thanking God for little things, He'll start giving you big things. What a cake. Man, on coals, it's still warm. And while there's a drought, there's a cruise of water. He woke up. He ate it. He drank the water. And he done unusual things. He went back to sleep. God said, okay, go back down there. You know, sometimes God's gentle. And sometimes God is real forceful. Sometimes God gives us a little nudge. And sometimes he gives us a kick in the seat of the britches. Sometimes God whispers and sometimes God sends an earthquake. But this time God said, I'm going to take into consideration, you're a wanted man. Jezebel is hot on your trail. Fear has engulfed you and he woke him up again and he said, wake up. And when he woke up, he said, here's a little else, something to eat. Notice this time it was water and meat and not water and bread. He said, get up now. You're going to go on a journey. And the Bible says he went on the strength of that meat 40 days and 40 nights. Brother, if we could put that in peel form, it would be better than the South Beach diet. It would be better than the Atkins diet. I don't know about you, but I can eat lunch and after service tonight, I'm going to be a little hungry. Strong appetites, but whatever that was in that meat. He had the strength to go 40 days and 40 nights. The journey gets long. The opportunity is before us. But let me tell you something. M- messages that are preached from this pulpit do not have a shelf life. They're not going to expire. You're not going to pull one out and say, that was a long time ago. I, I don't think that one works anymore. <laughs> let me tell you something. There have been times when I've had to go back and say, wait, God made a promise to me several years ago and the message has not expired but the problem with us is uh, the journey is long and we didn't get enough of the meat of the word of god to last us uh, until we get through with the journey yeah. Woo. walking walking the journey 40 days 40 nights matthew said they that endure unto the end Shall be saved. Don't be weary in well doing because you're going to reap what if you faint not. Well, I just feel like I'm talking to somebody this morning that you may have walked in this building and said, I'm so tired. I've done this a hundred times. I've come to church. We've, we've sing those songs, my word over and over and over and over again. I'm just a little tired this morning, pastor. I'm just a little weary. Well, you know what? You're not by yourself. You're not by yourself. But it might be this morning that God gives you that little gentle touch. And he says, wake up. Because I'm going to give you some meat this morning. And the meat that I'm going to give you is going to carry you uh, right through every trial, every problem, every situation of your life. Uh, And before you know it, there's going to be an opportunity. Hallelujah. Praise God. Before you know it, there's going to be an opportunity. Sometimes we look at messages. I think I might have mentioned this the other day, but I won't, it's, it's worth repeating. I've been to church before when I felt like I was the only one there. Everybody else should have stayed home because the message that was preached had Bobby Edwards' name on it. It, it was mine. James Kilgore preached at our tabernacle in Lufkin. What a message. What a message. I was a young man at that time in my thirties and he preached about young men building big churches that they have to compromise the message in order to pay for it. Must have been a light on top of my head going beep, beep, beep. And you know what? He wouldn't quit. I said, all right, quit. I said, I got it. Quit. He wouldn't quit. He just kept hammering it. preaching it how important it was to love God and love truth and and make sure that that the gospel doesn't change he just kept preaching and finally he quit everybody else got to go home and I knelt down between the seats and I told my wife I said you just go back to the motel room I'm going to just stay and pray for a while if you ever been in that tabernacle it's a large room I looked up, there was nobody in there but me. I was the only person in that building. So I said, God, I'm going to make a vow to you right now. We're going to build and pay for this building. And we're never going to compromise the message. We're never going to quit baptizing in Jesus' name. I'm never going to quit preaching the Holy Ghost. I'm never going to quit preaching a holiness. I'm never going to quit preaching. It's a journey. It's a journey. And you know what? It's been a long time. That's, That's probably been well over 30 years ago. And every now and then I just have to stop and think. The meat of that message has carried me way beyond 40 days. The meat of that message all of a sudden uh, became my banner. It became my battle cry. It became my weapon that I used every time the devil come against me. I just stopped and I said, wait a minute. Uh, if God be for me, who can be against me? I just stopped and said, wait a minute. Uh, we're on a journey here. We're walking and we're on a journey. And the journey is long. And during the journey, there's mountains, there's valleys. We quote it every time we take an offering. God is full of surprises. Did you put that in there? Why am I not surprised? Because we've watched God be full of surprises. Blessings and Surprises. Every time I read that, I said, Lord, I've been through the blessings, but I have been through surprises and I hate surprises. I don't want surprises, (laughs) but the journey is full of surprises. All of a sudden, when you think, I cannot go any further. God says there's not a shelf life of oh, what this man preached to you last Sunday. There's not an expiration date that wears out and gives up and gives out. It's full of surprises. The journey, the journey, along with the journey, there was a lot of things that happened with the children of Israel. And every time they started murmuring, complaining, Moses went to God in prayer. And God sent the quail and sustained them. And then they said, wait, we need something else. So God sent manna. Manna just simply means, what is it? That's what manna, the word manna means. What is it? They didn't know what it was. They just knew they had to get it every morning. If you waited till the sun come up, it melted. And on the uh, sixth day, you had to get enough for the Sabbath day. Because if you were late getting to it, it was all gone. It had a shelf life. It had a date on that that you didn't need anymore. But oh my, if you got it while it was fresh, what was contained in that was enough of everything to keep you going. There was enough in that manna. There was all the vitamins, the nutrients. There was everything. And do you realize there was no sickness in the camp of Israel? Why? The journey provides, but we got to reach out and get it. Uh, The first church I pastored, there was a lady in that church. She she just kept telling me, you're not feeding me. I'm not getting fed. You're not feeding me. That's my first church. I was just young and I said, oh, God, help me. Lord, I want to feed this woman. I She had an older pastor before and he was a great Bible teacher and a prophet. And I, I'm just struggling along and the, and the Lord just helped me. I was praying I, I just had forgot about everything else and it was a Sunday afternoon. I said, Oh God, just help me feed her today. And God said, she lives 10 miles away and she not coming to church and you don't have a spoon that can reach to her 10 miles. When she did come back to church, so help me, she walked straight to the platform and said, I just don't feel like you're feeding me. I had a big old spoon and I said, it won't reach your house. You live 10 miles away. If you're going to get fed, this is the table. If you're going to get fed, this is where the banquet is spread. If you're going to get fed, son, you got to get to where the manna is. What is it? It's everything you need. Oh, God. It's everything you need. The journey, the journey, the journey. It's everything you need. There's no such thing. That's getting started and God saying, I'm going to leave you. He said, I'll go with you. When they were starving to death, the Lord said, speak to the rock. Okay, Lord. The people were starving for water. Speak. To the rock. He got to where the rock was. And on one side, this is what he said. Hear ye rebels. You can read it in your Bible, go read it. Hear ye rebels. You this day have gotten Moses, the meekest man, in the world, upset. Hoss, there may be people in this building, meek and mild, and and not very excitable. But if you back them in a corner, they're going to whip you all the way across the state of Texas. There's some times when you better be careful because sometimes meekness is misunderstood for weakness. And Moses was a little bit upset. Pastor, not you, Bobby Edwards. I miss God because I struck the rock. I miss God because I was on a journey. And people that were sitting in my church had made me so aggravated, and so upset, and so mad, until I just got up and said, "Hear ye, rebels! Y'all better thank God for a good bastard!" <laughs> Hear you rebels! You bunch of renegades! The more I preached. Boy, I've got to feel Wait, something's not right here. I struck the rock and the water come out and the people stood up and shouted. And the more I preached to them, the more they stood and the more they shouted. And the more condemned I got. And the more I preached to our church, the more they clapped. And the more they worshiped. And the more they prayed. And the water just kept flowing and flowing and flowing and flowing and flowing. And after service that day, I went back to my office and I just fell on the floor and I said, God, why did you do that? (laughs) Confession. Why did you do that? You know some of them are just, they're trouble. And God said, I said, speak, and you smote. People I'm looking at this morning better get victory over people. Because what God is telling you is love them and you're hating them. Huh. What God's telling you, but oh Lord, the water, whoo, my God, he just wham, he hit the rock. And when it did, it just gushed open. You can't imagine the millions and trillions of gallons of water that flow out of the rock. And God said, I just honored that because they was thirsty. I just feel like giving you a little message this morning. You cannot always shout over your hate. You can't always shout over your unforgiveness. God can be kind to you and bless you a little bit. And the water comes flowing and flowing and flowing and flowing. But when you get by yourself and lock yourself in a prayer room somewhere, God comes by and He gently nudges you and He says the journey is not over yet. You have not made it yet. But God, I shouted Sunday morning, but have you forgiven? Oh, God, I got such a blessing Sunday morning. Woo! My Lord, the water comes flowing out, but have you forgiven? Why? I'm on a journey. I'm on a journey. Brother, when the rock gave the water, and God said to Moses... They're going, this is the end of the journey for you. Oh God, I don't know why I'm feeling this this morning. I may pick up a little bit on this tonight, but let me tell you something. It's so important that our older saints in our church die with the victory. It's so important that sometimes we overlook the importance of it. And the water comes flowing, but in the still, small voice, Elijah heard it. It's not in the earthquake. It's not in the fire. It's not in the wind. And suddenly God found him in a cave. Still, small voice of God. I hear it. I hear it speaking this morning. I know we could push this through today and we could walk out of here and say, what a great anointed service. But suddenly I feel that little gentle breeze blowing and God saying, I know you've been blessed, but don't overlook the fact. That there's still some things in there that God's working on. Don't overlook the fact that preachers have stood in this pulpit and preached messages. And from the strength of that message, we have endured several things. And suddenly God resurrects some of that and he starts pulling it out of the ground. And you say, but, 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 but God, I I thought that was over a long time ago. Still small voices speaking and saying, get out of the cave. Get out of the cave. The strength of the meat and the water is going to carry you. Would you stand with me? I'm not through, but I feel a moving in my spirit. Now it's time to stop. Huh. Oh God. Lift your hands. Lift your hands right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What pastor preached last Sunday morning. Here it is on this wall right behind me. Opportunity. Let me tell you something. The Lord sent me to Webster, Texas. As an opportunity for some people, what a great and a mighty opportunity to get it right. What an opportunity today. Get it right. Open up your spirit. The Lord has spoken. God has spoken to us. The journey for you is not over. Get it right. Why don't you just step from where you are right now into the aisle of this church. Take advantage of the Spirit of God and the opportunity that's flowing here right now. Step out. That's it. Come on, step out. Step out. Step out. Come on, that's it. Step out. What an opportunity. What an opportunity. I'm going to take advantage of it. It's our year of opportunity. In Jesus' name. Your strength is Hallelujah.